Yeah, happy Friday night to everybody. And, Slee, very quickly before we talk to our guest, Kurt Heelan, coming up here in just seconds, this dodger Padre game is going to get very interesting mm. because you, Darvish, hit Mookie Betts with a pitch, and that will not stand. I'm just calling my shot right now. That will be paid back sooner than later. What All are right. we in, third inning? Third inning, 2-1 to right. one Padres, but Mookie just got hit, so this is about to get very interesting. Let's talk a little Lakers right now. Uh, Kurt Heelan joins us, and I want to read this because this is important, Kurt. Your Twitter bio, which you can find, Kurt, on Twitter, at Basketball Talk, says, lead NBA writer, managing editor at NBCSports.com, husband, father, hoops junkie, comma, wannabe foodie. So here's the first question for you, Kurt. Tamales, yes or no? Well, yes. <laughs> how is that? A, how is that a yes or no question? Yeah, because Kurt, Kurt, is, Kurt, is, Kurt, you're a good man. I could already tell this is somebody that understands the NBA and understands food. I apologize here for Travis. It, 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 allow, allow me to explain. Wait. Allow me to see. You and I have met each other, so you've been, you've seen me, and you know how I'm built. Yes. And and I eat. Okay. And I love Mexican food, and there are very few things I don't like. A tamale is just a giant there we go. dough here ball. We go flavorless bland when there are a million other options in Mexican cuisine why would you ever choose a tamale oh, Travis 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 what are we going to do take your time I, I Kurt take your time this is a lot to process you know it's funny it, it, the best tamales in Southern California too are often just homemade honestly one of the best ones I ever had some of the best Mexican food I ever had back many moons ago uh, when I was covering high school sports, uh, Cathedral High, like the moms used to make tamales and sell them at halftime. Like you, where you, the stand where you could buy at most games, you can buy like burger, burgers or hot dogs or something. They sold tamales like the, the, the grandmas and moms made. It's unbelievable. Like that stuff is anything but flavorless. I, I love masa, though. So, you know, Kurt, here's the Kurt. Here's the worst part. Here's flavor, the worst man. part. When Travis was explaining that he's not a tamale fan. He actually went at the moms and the grandmas who make them homemade. Yep. So he's covered all the bases on this yep. thing. Uh, I'm, no, I'm I'm sticking to yeah. it. Who calls nah. out mothers nah. and grandmas? <laughs> yeah. They can make hey. so many things that are better I, than tamale. Yeah. I used oh. to respect Travis, and now, now I have to rethink that. <laughs> I'm waiting for well, Kurt to hang up. I, he might do? just hang up. <laughs> what are you going to do? All right, let's get let, let me move on to something that maybe we can agree on. What did you make of Anthony Davis's return to the Lakers last night? I mean, it was a good start. I mean, look. You're going to be rusty when you miss 30 games, but uh, there were flashes. I, mean, I think he helped them in some ways. There were flashes where, you know, you could see he was thinking the right thing. He just, I mean, he's missing free throws. <laughs> it's not stuff that he's going to do very long. But it was, look, you need to get back into the groove heading into the playoffs. I thought it was, it's, look, it's 17 minutes. I like that he was frustrated that he didn't get to play longer. But at the end of the day, that's just, this is where you have to protect those kind of protect competitors from themselves sometimes and it'll come around so it was a start it wasn't smooth but it was fine uh kurt helan uh covers lead nba writer for nbc sports you can follow him at basketball talk uh joining the travis and sleeva show kurt one, one question i would have is just kind of looking big picture for the lakers we, we spent a lot of time and i know this is going to be the conversation over the next 30 days okay what happens to the lakers are they will they be in this playing tournament how important is it to stay out of the playing tournament just looking big picture with the lakers let's assume they're healthy let's assume lebron james comes back within the next couple of weeks let's assume anthony davis um you know over these next couple of games gets back to being ad the overall roster the overall team 
what what team in the NBA do you think is at the caliber of the Lakers? And you might have a few of them there. I'm just curious to get your thoughts, big yeah. picture for the Lakers, how you think they feel. If the Lakers are back to being their peak, and I've said this, I've said this everywhere. Um, to me, they become the, the team that sets the bar, right? Like this is if you're going to win a championship, you're going to have to be better than the LeBron James, Anthony Davis Lakers. Could other teams get to that level? Potentially. I think Brooklyn obviously has the talent to do it if they actually can get healthy, which is a, which is a whole other question. Um, but certainly they are loaded with talent and potentially there. Um, I, nobody likes to talk about the Clippers, and we've all got burned. You know, we've all felt burned by them in the past. but They're playing good. Give them, give them that credit. They are, they are playing good. Yeah, no, exactly. They've been the they've been the best team in the NBA since the All Star break, even with guys in and out of the lineup. But more than that, and on top of all that, on top of I think that they're playing a little smarter, a little better, and Serge Ibaka solves some problems for them. The bottom line is a health, Kawhi Leonard has played well this year, and Kawhi Leonard is one of maybe three or four other guys in the league who, for a stretch of games, for a playoff series or maybe a playoff run can play at LeBron's level. We saw it in Toronto. We saw it in San Antonio. There's not many. Durant could do it for a while, obviously. You know, if when healthy, maybe Steph, you can put Steph Curry maybe on that list. But, like, there's not many people who can be at LeBron's level right now. Pete Kawhi, if, if Pete Kawhi shows up, is one of them. So the Clippers absolutely can be there. And I give Utah a puncher's chance. They hit a lot of threes. They defend. They are deep. They wrote, you know, their rotations are there. So I, I don't. They have to win as an ensemble, and it's hard to win as an ensemble because you can't have guys having a night off. If like if Anthony Davis is having a good night and KCP is having a rough night, well, it doesn't really matter if KCP is having a rough night. You know, when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, you can cover up a lot of other stuff. Utah's not that team. They kind of have to have everything go right. But I give them a puncher's chance. I think that they had. I thought Denver was the team that I would have put there for I'm a while, you. but without Jamal Murray, without Jamal Murray, they just, you know, it, it's really tough to run a great two-man game without one of the men. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't work as well as a a one-man game. So you mentioned, you know, beating peak Lakers with LeBron and Anthony Davis. If the reporting is close to accurate, if he's still a couple of weeks away, you're talking about him coming back and maybe only playing yeah. a handful of games or so. Is LeBron so LeBron-y that he can just show up and only play four or five games and hit the playoffs at full speed as maximum LeBron? That's a really good question because five years ago, ten years ago, I would have said yes without blinking. Um, he's still, I mean, he's still LeBron. He's still in this incredible shape. He really doesn't take games off. He is 36, man. He, 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 there's a, there's more miles than Jordan had on on that body, and as much as he takes care of it, it, it there's there's at least enough for me to have pause and some concern about it. I, I expect him to come back and be fine, but you know we'll see. Those high ankle sprains, especially the, and keep forgetting the medical term for it, but the you where you've inverted it, you rolled it the opposite way of most you know rolls like he, like his were. Those are ones when you talk to players and not just and athletes and not just basketball guys, I mean, you know, football guys, whatever. That's one of those where, oh, you can come back and play, but it's another few weeks sometimes. Some guys come back and play and fine, and some guys don't fully trust it and don't feel like they have the explosion for a few weeks. And that would, you know, that could concern you because the, wherever the Lakers end up in the standings, you know, they might get probably Denver in the first round. 
even without Jamal Murray, that's a really good team. They've still got Jokic. They've still loaded. Who? There's no. Again, the seventh seed is Luka Doncic. There's no Gibbs in the West. So you know, it's it's a concern if he's not if he can't hit the ground running like that. Kurt, can you? Um, I want to get your thoughts on the Eastern Conference for a quick second. So. I know Brooklyn is going to be assumed the team to beat, and of course they got to be healthy. But looking at the Bucks, yes. looking at the Philadelphia 76ers, what, what, what I guess the question would be: Who's the second best team? Who do you think comes out of the Eastern Conference if Brooklyn isn't a hundred percent? And if Brooklyn is a hundred percent, what does that matchup look like if it was a Lakers Nets uh, Finals matchup? That's a lot of dis- – I mean, as good as the Lakers' defense has been this year, and obviously they've had the best defense in the NBA, I think statistically, or first or second pretty much all year, that's a tough matchup. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just – you can put Anthony Davis on on Kevin Durant, and you can try to do stuff with LeBron James on, on whoever's hot. But when you've got those guys out there, that is just a tough – they're going to score points because they can do – they can run Joe Harris on pin down action on the weak side. Joe Harris is really, really good. Hmm. One of the, maybe the best. Well, I was about to say maybe the best shooter in the game. There's that Curry guy. He's, he's, not yeah, he's, he's all right. He's, okay. I mean, what, he's, he's overrated. Uh, but, <laughs> but one of the, you know, if you can run Joe Harris as your weak side action, you're going to cause a lot of problems. But they don't really get stops either, so it would be a, a bet the over kind of series. It'd be really an entertaining chess match. If the Lakers can defend well enough, I think they can win that. If Brooklyn's not, I don't know. I mean, and, and, and I mean that. And I, in yeah, I don't know either. I think, I, the, I think that's a that's that's a good way to put it. I think it leaves a lot of question marks. Yeah, I, what I like about this season is that I you know, usually you go in and you're like, you know, for years we did. Uh, it's the Warriors. Can anybody? That's the mountain. Can anybody climb that mountain? Can anybody be better than the Warriors this year? I don't know in the East because I don't think anybody has an answer for Joel Embiid. He's just—he's not going to win MVP, but he has been the most dominant player when he has been on the floor this year. Um, He's—he's just—it's been an amazing year for him. Milwaukee looks better. They're switching more on defense. I think Drew Holiday makes them a better playoff team because he's going to shoot better from three. And, and make better decisions than Eric Bledsoe did. But I don't know. Do you feel like me about Milwaukee? Like, all right, that's great. You're having a nice regular season. i got to see it in the playoffs. Dude. Yeah, I've seen that <laughs> enough from them. I, they, they're going to yeah. have to do it in the playoffs before I even start considering them as a, as a legitimate exactly. contender in this thing. Yeah, so that's just kind of where I leave the East. It's like I'm not sure. I probably would pick Philly. I really like the way they're playing, and I think Embiid – Embiid and Tobias Harris can get them there, but it, I don't know. And I think that that's the fun of it is – and by the way, that's why the number one seed in the East, even more than the West, the East really – there's three elite teams. And if you can make the other two on the other – or two, three on the other side of the bracket, your, your trip through gets a whole lot easier. Kurt Heelan is the editor, the uh, managing editor, writer for NBCSports.com on their NBA coverage. Always good to talk with you, Kurt. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Kurt. Sorry Take about the tamale situation. Sorry about that whole thing. <laughs> you, I, 
I'm sorry you've got to put up with Travis, man. I'll send you a gift basket. I appreciate that. You can give him a hazard pay. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that. That's Kurt's final appearance on the uh, Travis <laughs> and Slee show. We'll talk to you again, Kurt. Thanks a bunch. All right. Uh, we come back. We can talk some more of that, too. But, Slee, we know that the Rams do not have a first-round draft pick. Yep. But that does not mean that they are not doing work getting mm. ready for the draft. I'll tell you what that is next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. So, Slee, yeah. let's, uh, let's get to some of these uh, tweets, both pro and con. By the way, I uh, forgot Trader Joe's. Yeah, no, you didn't. No, Trader Joe's a good one. It's just not, it's not my go-to at the moment. There was All a right. time it had, its, it's had its, it had its place back in the day. It's a tad earthy for me, I think is the best way of putting that. Not Trader really Trader Joe's jam. solid. No, no, it's I, solid. I, I like a nice corporate grocery store. I know that Trader Joe's is extremely yeah. Anyway, this is gonna this is gonna end badly for I like, me. I'm, I'm just waiting here. I'm waiting for you to say I like the places that where they where they say organic, but they're not actually organic. Those That's are the, those are the, the those are the spots. Trust me, something is gonna get me long before a non organic apple takes me out. That, I mean, I, I got a lot of things going on, and whether or not my kale has been organically harvested is not really going to be the tipping point for old Travis Rogers. I'm pretty sure the two hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That might like, get you. Yeah, that's fine. They're just hot dogs. Um, let's see. Since Trav hates tamales and people keep giving him something to try, maybe he should lie about other Mexican food so he gets more food for free. That's a good strategy, right? All right, if you're getting one... Mexican food item. What are you getting? Like, do you have a do you have a go to? Well, I mean, this is the most obvious answer in the world. But if you're telling me, if I could only, no, have it's not one... obvious because you could have you could do tacos or you could do burrito. Yeah, no tacos. If you're telling me you could have one mm-hmm. genre of Mexican food because you can just make so many different types of tacos, I'd go tacos. You? I saw somebody. By the way. I saw somebody tweeting, and I, I'm not going to be able to find it uh, in time. But somebody talking about you trying to eat a burrito in the car. Yeah. Okay, but what what was he saying? He was trying to make a case. He was trying to make a case that you don't like tamales, but you like eating I a have, burrito I, in I the car. I have it right here. Hold on. I just I literally just flagged it. <laughs> Travis so I know is, what it is using the steering wheel with his knee yeah. while he's putting hot sauce. Uh, he's putting some type of salsa on his burrito going down the four hundred five. Here it is. This is from Ricky Rodriguez. Ricky, thanks for checking in. I like this. It says, "What the hell is wrong with Travis that he doesn't like tamales, but he'll eat a burrito in the car?" Anyway, what kind of burrito is this? See, he's intrigued. He, does, he's, mm. he doesn't like that I don't like tamales, but he probably respects me for sticking to my guns. But look, that's the thing. You can have that burrito. You can have whatever you want. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just a classic carne asada burrito. Maybe you got a little chicken burrito. Nothing but, wrong with that. Maybe you've got some carne. But you're going to agree with me. Al Pastor. There's but so many you're going to agree with me that burritos that that can get very messy. That's not a car. I, that's not something you're doing in your car. So there's a place down where I live. There's a couple of them called mm-hmm. Las Golondrinas that mm-hmm. wraps a burrito. Is this at so- the country club? No, this is the whatever the exact opposite of the country club is. Mm. That's this place. That sounds like good Mexican food. Okay, it, it was it's fantastic, and it is wrapped so tight 
you you could barely bite through it. It's just it's this glorious little tortilla of wonderfulness, and you will not spill a single bean or piece of meat or salsa out of that thing. It's the perfect little package on the way home. Um, it's about four minutes away. Trav, you uh, you started talking about the uh, the Rams here. Um, did you see this draft house? What's going on here? Well, that's it, right? They don't have any picks, but or at least no first round picks, and they won't have one next year or the year after that, and they haven't had one since they took Jared Goff in 2015. Yeah, yeah. seven straight uh, years. Seven straight years they haven't had a first round pick. It's pretty wild, but that doesn't mean they're not going to throw a party. Their draft house in Malibu Slee is outrageous. It's right on the water. It's got these unbelievable views of the 9, ocean. Nine thousand square foot Malibu mansion sure. includes an infinity pool with a grand view of the ocean. Not too bad of a setup there to make your uh, non-first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, just kick back and enjoy the draft after the, the first day. You can sit back and watch Their pick is going to come up, and they're going to be in the pool. They're going to forget that they had a pick. <laughs> You'll be watching a movie in the back room and forget. what It's our pick yeah, right, with, right now? With the 68th pick <laughs> of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select. And you're just going to hear crashing surf. You're going to see Sean McVay bumping a volleyball in the background. You're going to see Les Snead by the pool with a cocktail. Trav, they're going to think hanging hey, out. They're going to think that it was just computer animation. That it was, <laughs> you know, you, you don't catch your, you can't make your actual uh, fantasy league drafting. Right. Wait, wait, I thought it just picks automatic if we don't put a pick in. <laughs> yeah. They're on auto draft. You know, but here's what's crazy about the Rams. Oh, crazy is not the the right word, but mm-hmm. what the Rams have done really well, and, and I love this about them. I think that. Other than the fact that they're good, which mm-hmm. ultimately is the thing that we all care about the most, but what I really like about what they've done is they've been incredibly aggressive in the draft. And with the, and by that I mean they're 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 willing to trade away first round picks. Some of these teams hoard first round picks like they're the end all be all. Look, let, let's be perfectly honest about this. Even a first round pick is kind of a 50-50 proposition, right? And the further you go down in the draft, the worse the odds get. So if you're telling me... Do you know why? Go ahead. They're in that window. You you don't get too many of these windows, Trev. And, you know, I'm going to use this as an example. I know it's not apples to apples, but I always hear Ireland mention this. John always talks about how the Lakers, they're not trying to be in the draft. You're not trying to build through the draft. And the Lakers I'm, don't need to. And I'm not saying that, you know, really the Lakers, they had no choice. They were building through the draft. What did they do with all those draft picks? They ended up shipping them all to New Orleans and bringing over Anthony Davis. But you're in your window. And when you're in your window, it's – I guess you kind of – this happens in sports where teams don't go all in when, and then that window starts to close and then you're trying to catch up to that window – Rams are all freaking in, and they've been well, in. And I'm not saying it's going to work perfectly, but they're in. It's, it's worked pretty well. It, but you know what, why they don't do it? Not the Rams, but why teams, other teams don't do it. It's expensive to be all in. You know, you don't have to pay Brandon Ingram. You do have to pay Anthony Davis. Sure. You don't have to pay Josh Hart. You right. do have to pay Anthony Davis. Right. It's it's a much cheaper way. You can lie to your fans and say, hey, well, we're building through the draft. They, because the Rams trade away first-round draft pick to go get Jalen Ramsey. I guarantee you there is not a player in the draft that's going to be a better NFL player than Jalen Ramsey. It's just he's not out there. In the immediate in the immediate future. In the immediate but or maybe for sure, good. Right. J- you Jaylen might Ramsey might be for is the best cover guy in the league. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a better player than that. Mm-hmm. And they realized that Jared Goff, who they got with the number one overall pick, was good but not great. And you need to be something better than just good enough at that point to get it done. 
So they made that move. They're willing to spend money to pay guys to keep the guys that they want. They're willing to move on from guys that they don't think are going to do it. They'll spend some draft picks to get it done. And then lastly, and this is arguably the most important part of the whole equation, Slee, mm-hmm. they find good players outside of the first round. Hmm. They find really good players outside of the first I know John Johnson just left again, but they found him in the third round. He started for them for three years. They go out and find guys in the draft that are not first-round draft picks, that sometimes aren't even second-round draft picks, but that turn into regular, everyday players that are difference makers on that team, and that's how they build that's, their uh, team. That's a sign of a good organization, right? That's uh, in, in baseball, it's not just even though the Dodgers have an unbelievable team, they also have a good farm system. And and I think there's dotting your I's and crossing your T's. You're not just dependent. Use Lakers as that. Remember, Kuzma was, I think, a 27 pick. Mm-hmm. THT was a second-round pick. They're still in a position to try to win championships, but it's not like these are wasted draft picks, and that, that you don't get, obviously, from top to bottom too often. We talked about this. Remember the last show we did? We talked about the uh, we we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and yep. here they are re-signing Mike Tomlin. They've had one co- uh, three coaches since 1969, and we kind of yep. went through all this. That's kind of what I'm referring to, right? Top to bottom, uh, there are no, well, we're, we're careless in this section. That's not to say you're not going to make mistakes, but that's, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, no, it, it, the draft is important, but getting good players, period, whether you get them to the draft or somewhere else, is just as important. Let's take a phone call here. Let's go to La Habra and Steve. Steve, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? You know, I always love your show. I actually bought a six-pack of stone beer. Yes. Uh, nice. 32 ounces of uh, uh, guacamole and chips and just to listen to the show. And That's what I'm talking about. Get away from my wife and kids. <laughs> like, I'm going to be in the garage. Just listen to the radio. Just leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a good, a good That's a good game plan. That's a good game plan. So anyways, um, you know, the, the it's Rams house. SoFi is Rams house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers, I, I want to ask you guys this. Do you think they need to sell their team like to a Steve Ballmer type to, you know, outright own the team, go back to San Diego where they belong? Because they're going to be the JV team here in, in, in SoFi. I mean, the stadium is going to be empty when they play the Carolina Panthers, unless they give you know a bunch of tickets to the Boys and Girls Club or hmm. Girl Scouts. It'd be great if the I mean, best for the NFL if they sold the team again to a wealthy owner, build his own park like the great owner of the Rams uh, did here at SoFi, and have the Super Bowl go from SoFi, San Diego, New Orleans, Dallas. Miami, Miami yeah. somewhere else in the snow, <laughs> then do that circle all the way around. Steve, why didn't you say Detroit? I thought I thought Detroit was going to come up next. <laughs> I in went February. to the Super Bowl in Detroit. We don't ever need to do that again. Hard pass. <laughs> Steve, it's a it's an interesting chat, and we appreciate you calling in. Um, you know, look, I, I I'll tell you this, Trav. I mean, let me make this kind of very simple here. Tatis just hit another home run that went about ten thousand feet. By the Wait, way, weren't you saying when we were talking um, in we we were talking earlier today? His pops, right? Isn't today yeah. the day that he hit two grand slams off the same guy in the oh. in the same inning? Oh, and he just did something before third base. This could get really interesting. He just did a little pirouette, little stutter step thing before third base. This is going to be fun. I like this. Three to one pods. Okay, let let me just hit on. Uh, we got time. We want to do this coming back. Let, let let let's finish the thought with what Steve brought up because look, here's the, here's the thing. Is it better for the Chargers for the Spanoses to sell? Yes. Is it better for the NFL for the Spanoses to sell? Probably yes. But what's in it for the Spanoses? A bunch of money? They got a bunch of money. I know that they're going through that. No, no, I, I I think it is the money, Trav. I, I, no joke. I think it is the money, and I'm going to tell you why. Because if it wasn't about the money, they would have stayed down in San Diego. Because there is look. 
we are doing a sports talk radio show for the uh, in Los Angeles. No one cares about the Chargers. I'm not. No. It, it's a very very small percentage. But I will tell you this: being from San Diego, a lot of people cared about the Chargers down in San Diego. Absolutely, they did. They were a great team in San Diego. So if you were going to make a money grab, which everybody assumes it was a money grab because you never even got a stadium up here, you're renting from um, from the Rams. If it was going to be a money grab. L.A. is better off them selling that team. And by the way, why not give all the Chargers stuff back to San Diego and just start your own franchise? Start a brand new franchise here in L.A. You, you could do that. But what, what I'm getting at is, is that I know the Spanoses are go, they're good. They're having a family squabble over money, which is actually, if you're a Charger fan, probably pretty good news for you because maybe that might facilitate a sale. But the, the prices of these franchises just go up and 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 up. Why would I want to sell it? And, it, and it's because Key, Key has told me this a million times, and it, it makes perfect sense. This is the most exclusive club in the world, mm-hmm. right? There's only 32 of these. And once you get out, you never get back in, right? That You're out. So it's, it's nice to be able to say, oh, my team this and my team that. These people hold on to these teams for a really long time. They don't move around a lot. So unless they need it to make money, they already made the money going from San Diego to L.A. just by virtue of market size and all those things. Which is but, why I think they made – which I – which is why I think that could be realistic, just merely because they th- th- that will be a money grab that you know certainly if they kept it in San Diego would not be as significant. Yeah, it, it's funny. I'll do some radio around the country and other places and things, and people will ask me occasionally about the Chargers, and it's like, yeah, I couldn't really tell you. I don't know. You know what else? It's so bizarre to them because, like, what do you mean? It's like I can't tell you how irrelevant they are in town. Oh. It's like Cal State Fullerton baseball. They're they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have a fan base, but it's not this giant group of people that are. It's just like it's kind of niche. As weird as that sounds for an NFL team, um, and that's an NFL team. That's yeah. like you said. This is one of the most powerful sports. It's the most powerful sport in um, obviously in the states. And just looking at that, they're irrelevant in the second biggest market in the country. Yeah, and, and this is not it's second biggest media market in this country, but the sports market here is entirely unique. You know what? Let's talk more about that. Let's come back. We'll get into that more. Plus, what you mentioned a second ago, Fernando Tatis Jr. had two home runs tonight against Clayton Kershaw, but what his dad did 21 years ago tonight in Dodger Stadium is something that will never happen again. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Dodgers can't catch a break, Slee. Uh, Mookie looked like he was going to get a little bloop hit in the left field. Diving catch. Kershaw gets doubled off of first base. Dodgers trail 3-1, to one, bottom of the fifth, two outs. And uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. has a couple of home runs already in this one. Yeah, this uh, – by the way, this – uh, they'll play four games set this time. They've already yep. played three. I don't think there's been a game yet that you wouldn't look back on and say, ah, that was my favorite game. No, no, that was a favorite. I mean, literally every single game has been incredibly entertaining, which is uh, which is a surprise because there was already so much hype to these two teams playing against each other. It surpassed the hype so far. So kind of kind of eerie that Fernando Tatis Jr. has about two that? home runs tonight mm-hmm. um, because it was – I did my math a little wrong. It was actually 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. What you say? What did you say originally? Ago. Uh, 21. Okay, look, just I'm not Curtis. I don't want to call him out, but just get your facts right, all right, Trav. <laughs> Everyone's hanging on every word here. 22 years ago, his dad, Fernando Tatis Senior, hit two home runs against the Dodgers, but it was a little bit more than that. It was two grand slams against right. the Dodgers. Now that happens once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. A guy will have two grand slams in a game. He had two grand slams in one inning. And go oh. go a step further. 
up until 1999 when this mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. it had never happened in baseball. <laughs> and since it happened in 1999, it's never happened since. Mm-hmm. It's happened exactly one time. Mm-hmm. Two grand slams in one inning. Here's what makes it even the best more part. bonkers. The best part. Think about that the way a baseball game is managed now. The second a guy gets a couple of guys on base, the bullpen's going. Right? I got to get him out of here. He's he's done. His he's, his spin rate and his velo and his you know, his the biggest is... conversation in the World Series was pulling Blake Snell. I- exactly right. Exactly for right. a hit. For a hit. One hit. <laughs> Both of Fernando Tatis Senior's home runs came against the same pitcher. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Chan Ho Park gave up. Both of those, and, and here's the other crazy part. That is Channel unbelievable. Park was a pretty damn good pitcher. Of course, of course. He was a pretty good pitcher. Mm-hmm. He gave, I, I read a whole thing about this this morning. It's fascinating to me. When that inning started, the Dodgers had a two to nothing lead. By the time that inning was, or not, by the time the inning was over, the score was 11 to two, and Chanho Park had given up 11 runs. I, that was in the third I, inning, by the way? I think it was. Think about this. You have to be in some trouble to give up a grand slam. You got the bases loaded. Sure. He gave up another home run. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Not the second grand slam. He gave up another home run in that mm-hmm. inning. Then they reloaded the bases, and he's still in the game. And then Fernando Tatis Sr. hits another grand slam and did something that we will never, ever see again. Two grand slams in an inning off the same guy. And I'm pretty sure – I know that David Johnson was the manager of the Dodgers at that point. Yeah. But he may have been asleep in the dugout because I can't come up with any other explanation why you would leave him out there. He was that. literally saying, yeah, keep him in. Let's go again. Let's go again. No, no, no. Let, let's go again. Get that what? final out. By the way, did they take him out after that? the, the second grand yeah, slam? Yeah, you know, at that point, Slee, he'd had enough. <laughs> they decided that <laughs> – He made the decision then that that you know, was I, enough? Uh, I can just see him with his gut sticking out, and he's sitting there leaning back. And you know, uh, he's looking, making uh, you, the call. You think, I, you think I should go get him? You think I should go get him? I, I think he might not have it tonight. He gave up eleven damn runs. And, and, uh, and like I said before, at that, by the way, at that point, Trav, keep the guy in. What, what are we? What, what are we doing here? Just let him finish out the inning. I don't know who Chan Park's agent was or is. I, I would imagine that at some point his agent wanted to run into the dugout and fist fight. Davy Johnson. Can you imagine just what's going on through Chan Ho Park's mind? Just kind of sitting, you know, obviously on the mound, saying to himself, like, okay, well, I just gave up four <laughs> runs. I'm getting pulled. Okay, wait a minute here. I just gave up six runs. I'm getting freaking pulled until 11 runs. That's when they take him 11 out. 11 runs. Look, I was a pitcher, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there comes a time. You were the looking- same draft as Randy Johnson. <laughs> Randy Johnson was selected right before you. There comes a time when you're looking into the dugout. You're like, "Look, I've had enough. It's tight. I'm. I can't get this guy out. I can't get the next guy. You. You need to take this out of my hands because I'll do it. I'll keep throwing pitches, but I know better than you do that the time is over. I guarantee you, Chanho Park looked in that dugout more than once. Like, yo, Davy, what is your? Are your legs broken? Help get your butt out, out here and take me out of this game. Have you ever seen a uh, pitcher take him? You know, just kind of. Just kind of start walking towards uh, the Tap dugout. The like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. You know, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Did you see? It was either last night or the night before. Mm-hmm. It the Reds were playing somebody. I don't know where it was. It might have been in Cincinnati. I was there. But it was you were covering. <laughs> and it I was don't raining. miss a Reds home game. <laughs> no, who does? <laughs> and it was it was raining and it was raining hard and the umpires wouldn't call the game. So foul ball gets hit, you know, into the seats, mm-hmm. and the umpire throws him a new ball. And the pitcher looks at it and goes, nah, throws it into the dugout. 
And it happens occasionally. Umpire throws him a new ball. He looks at it and goes, nah, throws it. This goes on for like four or five baseballs. No and he's way. Like, no, it's, I, we're done here. And finally the umpire goes, well, I guess we're done here. And they called it. They, they said it's raining too hard. Let's go in. But basically what that you were saying, he's like, fantastic. I'm not going to stand out here and fire pitches in the rain anymore. I've had enough. He just kept throwing the ball out. Like, nope, not going to use that one. And it worked. 22 years ago today. I mean, that is that is something because that was a story and just the fact that it's Dodgers and, uh, and Padres and Tatis Jr. hits two home runs today at Dodger Stadium. Two home runs so far. <laughs> it's only the sixth inning. Well, Keep in and, mind. And Kershaw didn't have to give up 11 runs to get pulled. So no, three, he's three one. Three, one. Three, three to one, and all three San Diego Solos? runs have come on solo home yeah. runs. Tatis is two, and, and Will Myers had one along the way as well. Let's go back to that Padre conversation, or uh, excuse me, the Charger conversation mm-hmm. we were having a minute ago about – what are they doing longest here, basically? conversation about the chargers in la so far uh, but I, if- I, I, I want to make it about la Slee, mm-hmm. because look this is not it, it's funny when people come here from other markets and try to figure this market out it's unique i've lived in other places and i know other sports fans and other you know the whole diehard thing we go to every game and and that's fine and la has its its share of guys like that but you need to be good here people aren't going to go just to go they're, they're just not. It's yeah, just not yeah. how it goes. It, it, you know, the Laker fans will always go. Dodger fans will always go. USC football fans will always kind of go, but not. But but to an extent, Trav. To, to an, an extent. Exact, exactly right. Because he, there, there's been many a times, listen, not every year is the Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush uh, years at USC. Right. Yes, you're going to have, you're going to sell out the Coliseum. You're going to have 80,000, whatever it is, uh, fans there. But there's also years where you're watching a nationally televised game. It's two Pac-12 teams going at it. It's uh, Arizona and USC, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, empty seats at the Coliseum, and, and just kind of play off of your point, it is a unique market. But by the way, I don't blame it. Yes, it's not Chicago and it's not Philly and it's not some of these other Boston. There's some really good sports markets out there, but the reality is, um, yes, maybe they'll go to every game, whether you win, whether you lose. It's not like the fans are going to go. It's it, I, I'll tell you this: it's not that they stop being a fan. But you got to put a product out there for them to come out to. Why? I, I, this is the best uh, analogy that I can give. Um, you want to go to a restaurant that's serving good food. Yep. The product is the most important thing. If the product's yep. not good, I don't blame them for not going. And not only does the product need to be good, you got to give me something else. That that this is not. We're going to go no matter what because we're diehards. The, Los Angeles sports fans get a bad rap. I would argue that LA sports fans are the best fans in the country, and here's why: If you're not good, we're not coming. And even if you're kind of good, you're gonna have to show. You gotta have to put something that yeah. sizzles a little bit in front of me. You gotta have something that's sexy. You gotta have something that makes me want to be there to be part. Part of what the Lakers, part of what Jerry Buss got so much more than just about every other owner was. They made that a party. The forum was a party mm-hmm. every night. They had the best team in the league. That didn't hurt. But you had but the Lakers. But that girls. was. But that was part of the business plan, Absolutely right? I mean, part of the was. business plan. It was. It was. There's an entertainment side to this, like you were just about to say, the cheerleaders. There was this, everybody's got to be there. But you know what also drove everybody there? The freaking product on the basketball floor was not ignored. And, and that's, that kind of goes to what you're referring to here. And there was a style of basketball that made it so entertaining. So every time you know, you're know you at Staples Center, you're watching Lakers basketball, not only is it the product, but it's about the stars. It's why am I, you know, there's the um, the highs and the lows, everything else, the drama that comes with it. That, that's a big part to do with I it as well. I got a perfect example that gives you everything you need to know about LA sports, where the product is good, it has a great reputation, but the style sucks so people don't watch it UCLA basketball hmm. 
They're good. They went to the Final Four, nearly went to the championship game. They have a pedigree that's as good as anybody's ever. They play in a classic building at Pauley Pavilion, right? Recently renovated Pauley Pavilion in Westwood. Nice part of town. The whole thing. You want to watch guys walk it up and down the court? You want to watch guys slug it out? No, that's not fun. I want to watch I want people score 100 points. I want to watch guys go crazy. I, I just, eh. You know, when UCLA was going to the Final Four every year with Ben Howland, they had Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook and all of these NBA stars but the brand of basketball was kind of ugly and 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 slog. It is a slog. It's just you gotta sell it. Look, I'm more about let's run the shot clock. Let's run the shot <laughs> clock all the way down. I want to bark at the refs for three seconds in the key. Couple pump fakes, chest passes. That's what gets me, Trav. That's I, what gets me. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? It's that time again, Slee. It's time for the dump. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, seven ten ESPN. All right, Slee. Let's start with this one. Okay, this, what do you got? Uh, there, this broke earlier that apparently the powers that be that run the college football playoff yeah. have discussed the idea of opening it up beyond the four teams that are currently in there. They've I'm talked interested. About a couple of different formats. They've talked about a six-team format, an eight-team format, yeah. all the way out to a 16-team format. And I, for one, I, I'm all in. I don't know if you need to go to 16, but I do think you need to open it up beyond four. Yeah, I'm saying 64 teams. <laughs> Get this thing. Give everybody a shot. Um, it's funny. When they first came up with a playoff format, and I remember always saying, like, hey, we'll take four. Let's start, start it off with four. But I always thought the perfect number was eight. I always thought eight, if, if you got eight in – you're sprinkling in a couple of the different conferences. You might get one of those, not a, a part of the Power Five that gets that opportunity. Five. Right. Yeah. Not part of the Power Five that gets a chance to maybe they can make a little bit of noise. So I think eight's the perfect number. Uh, you know, it's funny, Trav, out of all the different, you know, it, we all love our sports, okay? NFL is amazing. I'm a big diehard NBA fan. I don't know what it is. MLB playoffs, for some reason, is one of my favorite um, uh, sporting events as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that college football playoff, but that, to me, is arguably the best one-day sporting event where you have both of those games. Hopefully this thing does expand to eight, and it wouldn't be – it sounds like it wouldn't be for potentially a couple of years because they're on a 12-year right. contract. Right. 2025 but they did make it, it sound expires. like they might get there before because yeah. I think they're in Could year happen. eight of a, of a 12-year deal, and they said that probably Could not next year or the next year but before the end. I'll tell you who should be most excited about this. Pac-12? Damn right. Yeah, I agree. Damn right. I agree. Yeah, they're the one that – they've done seven of these, right? Pac-12's missed out five times. The it's, only two teams that have gotten in are Oregon and Washington. They're shooting and themselves. Won these games. You know, they're shooting themselves every time. And I don't know. I, listen, I, I like you want to see, would love to see a Pac 12 team um, win. It's good for, obviously, it's good for LA. It's good for the Pac 12. The SEC has, you know, obviously been the, uh, the conference that's dominated. Uh, Clemson's obviously had a tremendous amount of success as well. But I'm just, the Pac 12 hasn't been in because it's the Pac 12's fault. They, Open it up to eight, and maybe things can change. I'm a Pac-12 homer, and I would love to see them in every year. They haven't deserved to be in most years. And that's the point. And, that, and, that's the point I'm making, yeah, right? and so they, they need to either get more committed to winning because I think you can make the pretty convincing argument there are exactly two schools in the Pac-12 that are interested in winning football games, and it's Oregon and USC, and that's it. Um, one quick plug here. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch all two hours. Travis and Sliwa show on the ESPN app or on iTunes. So just ser- uh, search Travis and Sliwa. Travis, you might know him because he does national shows too. Me, I just do local. Uh, Maybe I saw you. Maybe I saw you. (laughs) Was I on there too? Did I tag along? No, not this time. It was just me. 
It was just me. Yeah, so, Travis does national appearance, I, and sometimes I tag along because they'll put Travis I, and Sliwa show, but they cut off the Sliwa part. I asked them to get rid of that. <laughs> just says the Travis <laughs> and show. Travis, who's on the radio in L.A. and, and knows Keyshawn. That's what it says. Well, do you, Trav, do you do the show with anybody else? Yeah, I got I got guests that come on eh, every once in a while. I got a guy. He's back in studio. You know, he do what he do. All right, let's move on to this one. Um, a man who recently lost his father okay. um, cremated his father and put the ashes in his bowling ball and then subsequently rolled a 300 game with his pops uh, embedded into the ball. How come about on. that? Is that yeah. is that like a confirmed, confirmed story? It is. Wow. How about that? So if you are a bowler and uh, your dad is in poor health, maybe you think twice about putting old dad in the ball and going I, and rolling I think, the 300 games. I think there's something to that. You know, we see sometimes where we'll see an athlete, a uh, grandma will pass away or a family member will pass away, and they'll come out that night. Brett Favre and just, on Monday Night Football. By the way, I mean, even it, I'm, I'm trying to think here in basketball. Who was it? Was it, was it Isaiah Thomas? Was, was it his, his sister, sister his yeah. sister that passed away? Yeah. But but you've seen that, and and the reason why I bring that up is because I don't think that's a coincidence. I, I really think there's look. I think there's something there. I, I know that's probably I, getting a little bit too sentimental, but I I really mean it. I really think sometimes there's something there. Can I tell you my theory on bowling? Yeah. You ready? I believe. You need bumpers. <laughs> no, I'm actually a halfway decent bowler. No, I can see being a, and, and, and that's that's why I believe what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not doing a bit here. I believe. Slee, I need you to understand. I believe what I'm about to say. If you gave me an hour to practice, I'd be the best bowler in the world. And I, and I believe that any other person on earth, that if they had an hour and a half to practice, would become the best bowler in the world. It's the only sport, I believe, where anybody could become a pro. I, 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 just, I think it's that easy. Let me tell you something. Let me give you my bowling... Uh... I remember at San Diego State University, which is a very prestigious university. You can only imagine um, right up there with the the Ivy. It's the Harvard of East San Diego County. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So back in the San Diego State days, uh, I took a bowling class. That was one of... One, I think it was a rec class that you could take. I took One a bowling of my class. Buddies took that same class. I'm aware okay. of it. Yes. Um, I am. I haven't. I haven't bowled in a long time. But I'm first game. Might have some spin action to it. Okay, I'm not gonna. I, I'm nobody's going out here shooting over 200 or any any. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not getting a I'm not scoring over 200 or anything like that. By the second game, Trav, my shoulder is done. It's demolished. <laughs> Nothing's churning. Uh, that's all it needs. Just give me give me thirty minutes, and my game will just just deteriorate. I, I've been a league bowler. I own my own ball. I owned my own shoes for a period of time. Until is it they- wrong if I say this? If it's wrong if I say that, doesn't surprise me. Like. I, I, I don't know if that's – it's not trying to be mean, but for some uh, reason I could see you walking no, in no. with the bag. I'm, I'm not even Saying I, hi to Rich and to I, uh, I Randy. I kept my ball in a backpack because I could not bring myself to buy one of those bags. So I'd throw it in my backpack. Do you and do the in. thing where – No, I didn't do that. But okay. So it was before we had kids, mm-hmm. and my wife and I and another couple, we were looking for something to – and went, we had found a Wednesday night bowling league in Arcadia, and it was – awesome i've mm. never had more fun in my life just go out there for a couple hours have i don't know one or seven beers a hot dog or six and knock down some pins it's have glorious. you ever said you're over the line have no. has that ever came out of your mouth you're it's, over the line it's a league it has the little buzzer you don't have to say it the, the alarm goes off it's league night what are you talking about all right say it again for the people that uh i need to know this information where can we find the podcast espn app or on itunes 
Just search Travis and Sliwa, and uh, you'll get all full two hours. And we obviously appreciate you guys being a part of the show. What, what's next week look like for us? I, I was just, you know, it's funny. I'm grabbing this. We oh, we got we're we're Wednesday. on. Uh, no, don't we come on oh, after we got Orlando? We, we, got, we got one more week in April. You're right. So we We've got uh, Monday and Wednesday. Monday and Wednesday after the Lakers game. So we got a That's couple right. shows next week. There you go. That's what's going to do it for us. We got Monday and Wednesday next week. More Ask Slee, more Lakers, more Dodgers. Hopefully the Dodgers come back in this one. Hopefully they find a way to hit a couple of home runs along the way as well. Slee, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Friday night. We'll see everybody else on Monday.